0: Hey guys, Mike here for Hokie Hangover on behalf of the good folks over at Main Street Pharmacy. Former downtown Blacksburg Business of the Year in 2019, Jeremy Counts and his staff at Main Street Pharmacy have you covered for all of your pharmaceutical needs. Medication, school supplies, you name it, Jeremy and his staff, family-owned business, they got you covered over at Main Street Pharmacy in downtown Blacksburg. They've been a sponsor of our podcast since the beginning, going on five years now. And there's a reason why. They're extremely extremely reliable. They're good people. They're friends of ours, friends of the podcast. Head on over to Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street, downtown Blacksburg. Open Monday to Friday, 9 to 6, Saturday from 9 to noon. They're closed on Sundays. You can be reached at 540-605-7721. That's Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street in downtown Blacksburg.
1: Hokie Hangover is proud to be sponsored by Homefield, the premium collegiate apparel brand in the United States. Based in Indianapolis, Homefield is committed to creating comfortable and officially licensed apparel featuring vintage college designs. Homefield puts in extra reps for each of the more than 150 colleges they highlight, discovering unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create the best look at your tailgate. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order. Homefield makes online shopping so easy, even I can't screw it up. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order and acquire Blue Chip Apparel from Homefield, an official sponsor of Hokie Hangover.
0: Hey guys, Mike here on behalf of our podcast partner, Vivid Seats. That's right. Hokie Hangover Podcast is partnering with Vivid Seats this football season to provide you with all of your ticketing needs. Heading to a game at Lane Stadium this fall need tickets? Check out Vivid Seats. Going to another college football venue this fall? Use Vivid Seats. Checking out a concert venue even? Vivid Seats has you covered there as well. And they got a promo code just for you. That's right. Go to VividSeats.com. Use the promo code BEAMERBALL20 at checkout for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL20 at checkout for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. We can't thank Vivid Seats enough for their partnership this football season. Make sure to check them out. Hokie hangover goes without saying. Really important week. Hokies travel to Boston College to take on the Eagles. Guys, this is a big one. Hokies got to win two out of three down the stretch. We mentioned this on the Louisville recap. That means they have to win uh, at least one road game, maybe two, depending on how that middle game goes against NC State. So may as well get one of them out of the way on, on Saturday against a Boston College team that can absolutely be had.
2: It's always funny to me, you know, going into these seasons and we do this every year. We've done this podcast for now five seasons and there's always like Junanan or whatever. I can't even pronounce that word, but we all pick the same thing for a lot of these games. And we looked at the schedule going in and you see Boston college check. That's a win. And going into it. Now you're a little bit nervous and that trip to Chestnut Hill seems a lot more like I guess legacy game would be a strong term for Brent Pry, but it's certainly given the length of the tenure, a legacy game, if you lose, so you can't big game in Chestnut Hill.
1: Yeah. um, Boston college can certainly be had. There's, there's no one that's going to legitimately argue that Boston college is good. I, I think there's kind of a disagreement is that, whether they're mediocre or just flat out bad or somewhere in between. Um, Mike McDaniel promised our fan base before this podcast that he would give us the reasons why the Hokies would win. And I think we should lead off with that. Uh, yeah,
0: I'd, I'd be happy to, um, put me in the camp of, I don't think this Boston college is that good. Um, uh, they gave up almost 240 yards rushing to an FCS school in Holy Cross. Uh, they have six wins over Holy Cross, Virginia, Army, Georgia Tech, UConn, and Syracuse. Margin of victory is a shade over six points per game. Not very good. Uh, their best win, probably Georgia Tech. Five win Georgia Tech that lost by two scores to Bowling Green. Bowling Green's not very good, guys. Uh yeah, on paper this is a Boston College team that can be had. Uh they don't throw the football very well. They don't protect their quarterback all that great. They do have a good run blocking scheme. They have a good rushing attack, but it's pretty much entirely limited to their quarterback Thomas Castellanos who since he's been inserted into the starting lineup has been a weapon especially in the running game. Uh he is, a, he is a very athletic quarterback. This game is all about Virginia Tech's defensive line and linebacking core being able to slow down the rushing attack of Thomas Castellanos. Boston College is banged up in the running back room. Kai Robichaux is questionable. He's their second best running back. Boston College's top back is Pat Garwo. He's out for this game. And Boston College's third string running back is also questionable for this game is pretty banged up in the running back room. Um, that's the only thing they really do well offensively. Defensively, nothing too incredibly special. Uh, they are fine on defense. They're not great. They do not get after the quarterback very well. Uh, Pete BVT put this up. Boston College is 132nd out of 133 teams nationally in tackles for loss per game. They do not live in the opponent's backfield. This is a get right. This game has the potential of a a get right situation for a Virginia Tech offensive line that has played very well against mediocre to bad defensive lines on the schedule, um, especially over the last month or so. Uh, Virginia Tech's faced a Pittsburgh front that's okay. They faced a Syracuse defensive front. It's not very good. They faced a Wake Forest defensive front that's not very good. And Virginia Tech offensively had two really good games in those two, um, in, in all three of those games, but especially against Syracuse and Wake Forest with mediocre to bad defensive lines. Uh, not really that outstanding up front, BC on defense. This game is all about the Hokies, guys. Like, this is not a game where the Hokies should go in scared of Boston College. I, This is all about Virginia Tech. If Virginia Tech plays the way we've seen them play over the last month against teams of Boston College's caliber, Virginia Tech should win this game Saturday. Um, Hokies opened as a four-point dog. They're now a two- to two-and-a-half-point favorite. It swung almost a touchdown. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think the line opened up as a bit of an overreaction to Virginia Tech's loss to Louisville, which is what I was arguing on the recap. Uh, as f- football reasons and, and, you know, I, I want to open up the floor to you guys too, obviously. Um, And then I'll, I'll continue to add in the football reasons as we go through his podcast. But from a football standpoint, this is all about Virginia Tech on Saturday, in my opinion.
1: Mike, I'm going to push back on a point you made about Boston college, not protecting their quarterback very well. Boston college has allowed 11 sacks this year. That's top 20 in the country. And per pro football focus, each of their starting offensive linemen, four of them have a a pass block grade of 78 and a half or higher. And the one that doesn't is a 67. So I'm not sure I agree with you that they don't protect the quarterback particularly well.
2: Okay. So overreacting to the loss against Louisville. Some might call me guilty of that when we recorded on Sunday night, seeing Virginia tech get absolutely trounced in a way that quite frankly, and actually I kind of want to open up the floor on this real quick, not to get too sidetracked. When was the last loss that bad?
0: I mean, they lost Uh, Florida state by three scores couple weeks before they lost. Scored some points. 22. Yeah, I mean, they scored some points.
1: I guess we'd have to go back to last season. and North Carolina last season, maybe? I don't remember the scores. Yeah, I think they gave up 50 in that game,
2: right? Something high 40s, mid 40s, 50. That was the last time that Virginia Tech played a football game where you never felt like they were in it because even against, you know, Rutgers this year, a game that they lost pretty handily, they fought their way back Florida state to a degree for a minute. There was a glimmer of hope, you know, Louisville Virginia tech was a dominant performance on behalf of the home team. And yes, we can chalk that up to, the better football team had a good day and the lesser football team had a bad day. And of course, we're always going to want to look at large amounts of evidence because that gives us the most data to go and predict what's going to happen next. You know, you could look at the Louisville Pitt game and make some false claims, which a lot of people in this fan base did by the, a lot of people who I know I wasn't there with you guys for the Louisville preview turning against you guys for saying Louisville's all that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was a, well, turns out was, we did call it. They might be, I, right. yeah, they're, they they're, might be right. they're, they're, good. No,
1: they're, they're no slouch. They're good. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: I'm actually excited for the opportunity to hopefully grab a, nosebleed seat and see him play florida state here in charlotte in just a few weeks because i think they'll be able to hang in there
1: yeah there's probably a a good chance you'll have tickets available for that
2: yes I, i i don't know if the uh the tallahassee to louisville connection is what they were drawing up when they headquartered the
0: conference here really really depends on uh I think Florida State will travel. It's a matter of if
2: Louisville will travel, ironically. yeah. Going into that game, we could take bets on the the percentage of fans or whatever, but that's neither here nor there. What's important for me, because I do agree with Mike, Boston College is not a world beater. What makes me nervous is that against Louisville, when it came to An offense that got behind the sticks and struggled to get going at times. When we saw not just the backbreaking long run, but the incremental 10, 15 yard run that the opponent uses to just exhaust you and tire you out and ultimately create those sustained drives that virginia tech has had no answer for it's like those issues came back to light and yes it was a better team and the games that virginia tech has won whether that be wake forest pittsburgh or syracuse has been against a different level of competition and boston college does fall in that category but so did marshall Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, okay. I mean, yes. So
2: my point being is that seeing with my own two eyes what I watched on Saturday, I can't go in feeling the same as I did coming off of an absolute trouncing of Syracuse. Because no matter how bad Syracuse is, and I don't think they're very good. And yeah, Boston College barely beat them. Syracuse beat Purdue. Like a team can improve, but we saw glimpses of those weaknesses that had all three of us very alarmed in late September. So I'm not going to go into Boston College in Chestnut Hill, a place where Virginia Tech teams of all levels have found ways to, at minimum, give you what Justin Fuente would define as a three-hour stomachache over the years and say this is a dub. Oh, this team has barely beaten UConn. Twist the words. They've won five games in a row in Division I football. Like, I still think Virginia Tech's the favorite here, and I apologize to our listeners who might have found me to be overreacting, but my overall thought process doesn't change that much. Is that had Virginia Tech played a game against Louisville, were they even – they didn't even have to cover the spread. They could have lost by 10, 12 points. And I'd say, all right, right." they fought. It was Louisville. It was on the road, whatever. But now they got trounced, and they're going to need a a bounce-back performance. The good news is you don't need to beat them like by 35, like he beats here, because you just need to win. You need to win the football game. And I'm sure we'll get into Castellanos, whose name isn't pronounced Castellanos, like the baseball player. That's what I just learned when Mike talked. So hopefully he's
0: right. Swing the drive, baby.
2: <laughs> Swing to drive. But he reminds me a lot of quarterbacks that have been uh the drivers of those stomach aches over the years. And it seems like he has a little bit of a Gavin Winsat in him too, which is recent pain. So there's a lot that goes into it.
1: Yeah, I, well, it's good to see we're bringing up the same art, the same discussions we had in the last podcast. Seems like we're this is just an extension of the Louisville recap, breaking new ground. So. Yeah, I didn't drink um, that tonight. Mike, Mike has a, a good point in the sense that I think this game is indeed more about what Virginia Tech shows up. We have the Hokies have been bipolar this year. Let's call it what it is. There's essentially two versions of this team that we've seen, and uh, we don't know which one's going to show up in this game. And that's ultimately my just, I guess, my sticking point is that I don't know. I don't know how this game's going to turn out because I don't know which Virginia Tech team is going to show up. Is it going to be the team that beat the brakes off Pittsburgh and Syracuse and Wake Forest and beat up on? Um, teams that are pretty close in talent uh which i I think bc is in the same ballpark as virginia tech in terms of talent level or are they the team that really struggled to move the ball on offense and couldn't run for essentially the first four weeks of the season uh they couldn't run again last week it's just a matter of which of these teams we're going to see uh and and is kind of confusing when you look into the data right they're they're a pretty b- bad offense they struggle to score but they're actually one of the most efficient teams in the country on third downs uh, and they do run the ball particularly well even though it's more so volume shooting because they run it so much as Kobe, opposed bro. yeah as as opposed to being uber efficient uh, we know that Castellanos can be kind of a difference maker with his legs his arm Big question mark, right? We don't know if he's going to make good decisions or if he's going to be accurate. This defense, Mike mentioned, they're not very good at getting tackles for loss and being disruptive in the backfield. They've been kind of hit or miss on the back end. Uh, one of the things I, I noticed when I was uh, doing some some research is that they're one of the worst teams on defense when it comes to red zone defense, which is something that Virginia Tech has struggled with essentially all season even when they have won those games, right? When they were blowing teams out, they were kicking a lot of field goals on the other side of the 50. Um, this game is, is such a, a pick for me. I, I just, I, I don't know what Virginia tech is going to show up. I think we've seen BC do the same thing enough for most of the season that we have a relatively good idea as to what they're going to look like, right? It's going to be ugly. They're not going to be flashy they're going to be a ground and pound football team on offense. They're going to ha- hope that Castellanos can extend enough plays in the passing game to get some shots downfield. And then defensively, they're just going to kind of hope to muck it up and, um, and, and not really make any big splashes. Uh, this is not a team that's exceptional at turning teams over uh, on the defensive end. So BC to me seems like much more of a known commodity, whereas Virginia Tech is just a giant question mark. I don't know what team's going to show up on Saturday, especially on the road where Virginia Tech has played pretty poorly.
2: Insofar as they have yet to win a game on the road, that is correct. Um, one similarity that I see between these two teams is obvious, right? And it's that the offense is centered around a mobile quarterback. And that dual threat is what the offense brings to the table. Virginia Tech has yet to win a football game. that they ever trailed in. Think about that. Lead and never gave it up against ODU. Lead tied, and then from there never gave it up against Pittsburgh. Obviously, they beat the brakes off Syracuse from start to finish, and Wake Forest they held a moderate lead. The similarity, though, especially in the drones offense, so you can kind of throw ODU out the window, but it's also a game against ODU. Is that Virginia Tech had the opportunity to play their style of football? They never were forced to try to come from behind, air it out. Because in pretty much every situation that we've seen them try to do that, with Kyron Drones at the helm, it has not worked. Because that's just not who Kyron Drones is. Knowing what we know about Boston College and the skill set that Castellanos brings to the plate, Castellanos, whatever, it seems like you'd be in the same situation right? Where the team that gets off to the hot start and can control the flow of the game and play their style of ball is going to have an inherent advantage, right? Like, that's the good hand. So I think the challenge is and I know it's like weird almost to prognosticate but when you see it enough whether it be on the road against Rutgers going down big whether it be, I mean, they did score first against Marshall. It's actually the one example where they scored first and it didn't work out, but Marshall wasn't a world beater. And from there, it was the home team's game. Like, and then all of last season against power five is a decent sample size too. Like there have been struggles coming out the gate hot. And a sleepy afternoon in Chestnut Hill, does not seem like an environment that lends to hype. So it's on the coaching staff and, you know, ultimately the players to respond to be able to do that. Because I'll tell you what, like seeing what I've seen so far this season, Boston College gets the ball, walks down the field and scores. I think fans and to some degree because it's hard to avoid players on that sideline alike are going to have a a sense of here we go again. Like you really want Virginia tech to control this game from start to finish. I think it's
0: important for, I I mean, a good start, I think is paramount on the road, but a good start is really important for Kyron drones. Like at home, he's been a totally different quarterback than on the road. And that's not, Something that is too surprising. Like a lot of young quarterbacks tend to have splits that kind of look like this, but when you consider the team's struggles as a whole, it just kind of amplifies Kyron Drones' struggles on the road this year. So just real quick, at home, he's completing almost 63% of his passes for 783 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Quarterback rating of 169.5. Pretty good. On the road, He's completing only 55% of his passes for 522, almost 56% of his passes, 522 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. So he's thrown five less touchdowns on the road. He's thrown two more interceptions, a quarterback rating of 93.2, averaging only four and a half yards per completion on the road. That's not going to get it done, guys. Now, this Boston College defense probably the worst one tech's played on the road this year. We can have a debate over whether or not the Boston college defense or the Marshall defense is worse. um. But we know Rutgers defense is good and we know what Florida state and Louisville's defenses are. This is one of the worst defenses Virginia tech has played this year. Another offensive performance, similar to similar to what we saw last Saturday would not be good, right? Like, and again, if Virginia Tech plays poorly on the offensive end, if they give up a bunch of sacks, like this is not a defense that has been doing that, right? Like this Boston College defense has not been getting after the quarterback this year. Ricky hit the nail on the head with a known commodity thing. We know what Boston College is, right? Especially since Castellanos has been uh, entered into his starting lineup. Really good running team, rely on his legs a bunch. They mix in the pass when they can, right? He is turnover prone, right? He lives outside the pocket. Um, seems more comfortable on the run than just standing behind a clean pocket. Uh, it's kind of chaotic when you watch BC play offensively when they're trying to throw the football. Ricky brought up the point earlier uh, about how they have protected Castellanos. And his statistics are true, right? They've protected Castellanos well. But if you watch Boston College play, every passing down is an adventure. And it doesn't mean they give up sacks, but it seems like Castellanos leaves clean pockets a lot. And whether that's because guys aren't separating, you know, in the receiving core, or he just gets a little nervous and bails early because you know, he is a young quarterback, right? That's what what happens sometimes. Yeah. Kind of remains to be seen. But like the passing downs are kind of chaotic for Boston College, like watching him play this year. and I think it's I you know I do think Castle Adams will obviously improve over the course of his career. I think he'll he'll become obviously more comfortable in the pocket. but we know what this team is, right and and flipping it back to what I was just saying about you know Virginia Tech's offense like if Boston College, it's causing a lot of issues for this Virginia Tech offensive line. It's going to say a lot more about Virginia Tech than it is about Boston College. Doesn't mean, Boston College can't play well on that particular day. That's not what I mean, but it's just in general, it's going to say more about the struggles that Virginia Tech has had up front this year, right? And that they continue to have if they're going to struggle with this particular defensive front, Um, that would be a regression back to kind of what we saw in September to Andrew's point earlier. Uh, because, look, Florida State and Louisville defenses are just a different animal. They're just a different animal. Uh, they're good, right? Florida State's a playoff team. Louisville's a top 10 uh, top ten to 12 team in the country, depending on what poll you look at. Uh, they're a New Year's Six type team. They're good. <laughs> they're good. This BC defense isn't awful. They're, and I don't even really want to call them feisty. I think they're solid, but they give some stuff up, right? I think Virginia Tech's going to have opportunities, certainly on Saturday in the passing game. I think they're going to have opportunities in the running game. The Hokies should move the ball here. If they're playing like we would expect them to against a team like this, what we saw throughout the month of October should move the ball. It's going to be all about whether or not they score in the red zone. Ricky mentioned that point about the red zone defenses, right? And it was a good one. Boston College is actually one of the few teams in the country that is worse than Virginia Tech
1: <laughs>
0: in regard to red zone defense. Uh Boston College has allowed trips, has allowed scores on 26 of their 27 opposing scoring drives this year. That's a 96.3% scoring percentage. That's tied for 130th out of 133 teams. And how Virginia, many,
1: how many of those have been touchdowns
0: out of those 26 scores? This is yeah. courtesy of Doug Bowman, by the way, VT scoop of those 26 scores, 23 of them have been touchdowns, Ricky. That wow. is an 85.19 touchdown percentage rate. That is 132nd out of 133 teams. Not good. The FBS. We mentioned Virginia tech's red zone struggle, uh, red zone defense struggles, right? Tied in 126th in red zone scoring defense. They're, a, they're slightly better in terms of giving up red zone touchdowns. They've done that on 70% of opposing trips. That's tied for 112th nationally. So still not good, but slightly better at holding teams to field goals than Boston College is. It's going to come down to scoring in the red zone, guys. <laughs> like, something that Virginia Tech needs to get better at offensively. It's something they certainly need to do better defensively, right? When Boston College gets down there trying to get the ball in the end zone. So it's the known commodity versus Ricky calling Virginia Tech bipolar on the money, (laughs) very much on the money.
2: Well, I mean, with Castellanos, right, this is a kid who, in a similar way to drones, you'll see struggles from. He's obviously not a fully developed quarterback. And to your point, Mike, we would all expect him down the road to be improved. But in spurts, we'll show you that it factor. And a little bit too much of that it factor, especially in a game where I personally fear that not just Kyron Drones, but Virginia Tech as a whole, might just be a little bit banged up. Louisville played a physical brand of football, and they played it from the opening kickoff to the final whistle. You know, the bye week rest up opportunity was wasted on that game. Whereas I had the pleasure of watching Boston College in Syracuse. It wasn't a particularly physical football game. It certainly wasn't a particularly entertaining football game. But I could tell you that those guys took nowhere near the physical beating that Tech
1: did. If I remember correctly, Mike apologized to Andrew for having to watch that game on a Friday night. That was the worst
2: (laughs) Friday night of my life.
0: Yeah.
1: It was yeah. a pretty ugly game.
2: That it was rough. I went to Ikea and got confused. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one.
0: I've been there. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's something I've done in the past. That
1: place yes. drives me
0: nuts. Yeah, tough,
2: but good mac and cheese. Good mac and cheese. Shout out to Ikea. Uh, <laughs> shout out, Ikea. <laughs> shout out to all my
0: stroke victims out there. Uh, real quick, <laughs> uh, Andy Andy Bitter, we, we mentioned like the injury front. Andy Bitter, uh, this was an hour ago. He tweeted this. Uh, Jalen Stroman was a spectator at practice on Wednesday night, meaning the Hokies might have another safety shuffle this weekend at Boston College. Jalen Jones was up next, right? So Jones was, was practicing in Stroman's role. Derek Cantine also got some work at safety uh, in place of Stroman. So this could be a, once again, a situation where tech is going into a game against a running quarterback where safeties are going to have to be active in run defense, because that's what happens when you face a running quarterback. They become more responsible for, from a gap fill standpoint, where you're going to be a little bit banged up in the back end. So that's just something, something to monitor. Um, Antoine Powell-Ryland also did not practice today. Not injury related. Andy Bitter said just a little bit under the weather. That was more precautionary.
1: They're expecting him to play Thank God. On Saturday. I was about to say rip.
2: <laughs> also, to I'll tell you.
0: also really important to note josh fuga practiced today and was a full participant and he left the louisville game early so that is also significant news with the way that he played in october um he he's been good he's been good so uh yeah i i feel like this is all about virginia tech i Tried to tee it up that way on the recap for Louisville. I didn't want to show my cards too much, but this is about the Hokies. Uh, Boston College, Halfley getting this team to bowl eligibility is an unbelievable coaching job because I just don't I don't think they're very good. So, Halfley getting to bowl eligibility, just hat-tipped him. Saving his job, by the way. My man,
2: Jeff Halfley.
0: It was not looking good in mid-October.
2: No, no, it was not. There's Ricky LeBlu truthers out there. And uh, there's Ricky LaBlue who's been a Jeff Hafley truther. Yeah, from day one. That's, I haven't even stopped facts. thinking since we recorded the other night, <laughs> by the way, about your buddy Johnny. You're yeah. talking because you let it off with Johnny, one of my best friends in the world. He got married last month. He hasn't stopped texting me about how Ricky LeBlu is a genius. <laughs> And I'm just imagining, and I've, I've met Johnny, great guy. At, you have met Johnny. <laughs> I, yeah, you have. I think I've met him a couple of
0: times. You've met him a couple of I, times.
2: I, I, I'm just imagining, like, fiance going crazy, soon to be mother-in-law going crazy, the chaos that goes into a wedding. And this guy is just like, Ricky Le Blue was right. <laughs> on, his, <laughs> on, on
0: his wedding day, he, no joke. <laughs> Walked up to me during the reception and he goes, this was the, uh, this was Florida State week. Yeah, this was Florida State week. Um, his wedding was on a Friday. He walks up to me uh, Friday night during the reception and he goes, preview pod was good. It's like, thanks, buddy. Congrats on getting married. Loyal, loyal listener right there. folks. <laughs> the, the most loyal listener. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's up there there's there's a hierarchy he's up there brother-in-law scott is up there as
1: well
2: yeah mike's like i love you man these guys are like ricky made a really interesting point about the defensive back depth priorities folks i I love it oh god uh we're just happy to be a part of whether it be you know the people that we know or i'm sure there's many of you that we don't know if we're a part of your weekly routine god bless you
0: yeah, uh, I worry more about you than I do us. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I worry
2: a lot about us.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I worry a lot about us. Uh, let's get into our ACC picks. Uh, there's one, two, three, seven games this week in the conference. Hello. Uh, starting on Thursday night, Virginia is traveling to Louisville. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> talk about a, uh, I, I was going to say, talk about a letdown spot for Louisville after facing uh, high and mighty Virginia Tech, right? Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Virginia, a letdown spot.
1: Virginia has no chance. They have no chance. They are a 20-point underdog. Louisville, they don't have a prayer here. Louisville minus a million.
0: Yeah. I uh, try not to lay 20-point spreads on a short week, but this might be one I consider. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, give me, give me Louisville. Georgia Tech can take UVA to the woodshed. Pretty sure that team I saw last Saturday can. Am I biased? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. Uh, So we play at noon. We're going to skip that game right now before we give our final thoughts. Of course, Uh, Georgia Tech traveling to Clemson. Georgia Tech gets the pleasure of playing Clemson every year, which is just hilarious. Um, that's going to end actually next year with the new scheduling model, but Georgia tech and Clemson, uh, Clemson was one of the couple of crossover opponents that Georgia tech was fortunate enough to keep once we got rid of divisions, which is very funny. They're traveling to Clemson. Clemson is a 14 point favorite. Uh, speaking of like which Georgia tech team's going to show up, that's really what I am curious to find out here. Uh,
1: not the good one. Give me Clemson. Okay. Fair enough. Andrew.
2: You know, I keep my little notepad here of things that I want to say while you guys are talking and the few moments I choose not to interject. And I wanted to note that the disrespect that Mike McDaniel showed earlier in the podcast to Scott Leffler is disgusting. (laughs) Yes, yes. Because this is a Georgia Tech team that is four and two in the ACC. With two ranked wins. Let him cook. Albeit against teams that shouldn't have been ranked.
1: Justice for lefty.
2: But I will say,
0: <laughs> I will say, there was a lot of money coming in on Kent State plus 10.5 tonight. Wednesday night matching against Bowling Green. A lot of money coming in on Kent State plus 10.5. Two minutes to play in the fourth quarter. This is at Kent State. Two minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Bowling Green 49. Kent State, 19. Wagon. Gentlemen, Bowling Green is going to a bowl game. Wagon. They don't don't call him Bowling Green for nothing. They're going (laughs) bowling. Saved
2: the job of an offensive mastermind. And just side note, you know, Mike McDaniel's a really good guy. And someone who I've known for a long time, as Ricky would say, where's the butt? No, but a good thing. I hope (laughs) that one day when I'm in a position like Mike McDaniel. The wife, the kids, Mike works way more than I would ever want to work. But if it ever comes to that, and I still am keeping tabs on the Kent State bowling green game, it's like, talk about a man that makes room for what he loves, even the busiest schedule of all time. There are are, salute. Wait, Mike Mike works? works. There are
0: bastards. (laughs) Listen, there are bastards. There are sick bastards when it comes to college football. I am the latter. I'm also taking
2: Clemson, by the way. <laughs> I'm taking Clemson.
0: Andrew, are you taking Clemson or
2: Georgia Tech? i skip it up. I'll switch it up and I'll go with Georgia Tech. Fine. What, Why whatever. not? Clemson. Uh,
1: <laughs> 14, 14 could potentially be a lot if the right Georgia Tech team shows up. I just don't think the right Georgia I, Tech team is going to show up. I, no interest in betting this
0: game.
2: I, I would never bet on this game. If you put a gun to my head, I'd probably take Clemson. But
0: Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. I have no interest in betting that game. NC State at Wake Forest. Uh, NC State a two and a half point favorite. Brennan Armstrong is back under center because MJ Morris transferred. Well, not officially. Sorry, <laughs> I can't say that. Don't want to mess that up. He, he he's redshirting now in November. <laughs> that means he's transferring, but no reporter actually wants to say that. So I don't know what they're worried about.
1: Got to call access? it what it
0: is. Access? What? Whatever. Give me a
1: break. It's yep. uh, no, always uh,
0: access.
2: Come on.
1: Regardless, I, NC State on the CW network.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's NC State plus the two and a half. That's that's the side. The Minus no, two and a half. N- oh, uh, actually, give me for Forest then. There, a favorite has not won. There, a favorite has not won on the CW yet this year. It's going to happen this week. Maybe this is the week, but. Uh,
1: if yeah, it's I not, know. I hope Steve Smith gives Dave Dorn a call
0: would be so funny. Uh, Andrew, Andrew, I'm picking Wake. You're picking NC State. Andrew, what do you got?
2: You know I'll always go with the Moo Daddy in this situation. Coach Mooma over at Wake Forest, close personal friend of mine. I'm
1: not sure Andrew's ever picked against Wake Forest.
2: Did I pick us to beat Wake Forest? I think I did. You did, did. but
1: in in games where we are not involved, Andrew is like 100% laying Wake Forest. I need, Every the, time. I need that. and how's that gone
2: 1 in 5 in the ACC. the steam and deeks uh the steam and deeks indeed uh just yeah. previewing into next week the first thing that came to my head when mike said Brandon Armstrong back under center do you remember we had a conversation at one point on this podcast and it speaks to how long we've all been doing this together and it's been great who would you rather have under center Hennon Armstrong or Hennan Hooker? I we do did remember, have that conversation. We did. Yeah, we do, really had yeah. that conversation.
0: I have, I have my answer. If yeah. you <laughs> I don't know what I said Can then, I... but I have an answer it's now.
2: Like... Can I take a mulligan on that one? I was going to say,
0: uh, let's not go back and replay that audio because yeah. I don't want to know Please what my take was. There's there. a lot of audio on
2: this podcast. <laughs> Miami,
0: Miami at Florida State. Florida State, 14-point favorite. Uh, <laughs> Florida State. What are we doing? Florida State. Agree. Yeah, Knowles. Okay, good. Pitt at Syracuse. Pitt is a three-point favorite. Whatever. Neutral
1: site, Yankee Stadium. Oh Yankee Stadium,
0: yes. Yes, te- correct. Technically a neutral site. Yes, Yankee Stadium.
1: Still not the, the most meaningless game to be played inside Yankee Stadium this year. I <laughs> Got him.
0: <laughs> Got him is right
1: uh is right this game is utterly pointless um but then again in in a mickey mouse stadium such as yankee stadium it's a perfect perfect setting short porch give me, g- yep give me pit
0: uh give me pit too, andrew
2: give me the opportunity to not watch this game <laughs> mm.
0: uh, i got another one for you you might not want to watch I'll skip. Uh,
2: I'll go against the grain. Give me Syracuse.
0: Well, I, I don't know why I said, I don't know why I just yeah, teed what, it what? up. But when Andrew likes Duke, I don't know why I teed this up. Duke is traveling <laughs> to North Carolina. Carolina, fourteen and a half and a half point favorite. Uh, Carolina is now all of a sudden really good at losing games. Duke is not playing Riley Leonard because he's really hurt because they played him probably before they should have. Uh,
1: Carolina is my pick. Give me Duke to cover, but Carolina wins. Fair, Andrew.
2: Love Mike Elka, respect Mike Elka. The Riley Leonard thing gives me shades of and trauma, trigger alert, whatever, Ricky LeBlue. Don't RG3 2012. Yeah, buddy. Listen to the trainers, not the player,
1: because Mm
2: -hmm the longer term consequences come down the road this was the game on duke's schedule that had to be circled as the most important one if they wanted to go to an acc championship game and as much as duke's defense has impressed me all year i think there's too much firepower coming from drake may and certainly not enough from the other side at this point so
1: andrew you owe me an apology <laughs> listen, i'm not going to i'm not going to sleep tonight
0: listen i mean The Redskins trainers. Oh, I don't know if I can say it. Can I say that? Sorry.
1: That's what they were at the time. That's what
0: they were at the time. It's not racist. Historically accurate. It's not racist. I mean, if you think it's racist, that's fine. It's not racist in this sense, because that's what the team name was at the time. The uh, Redskins trainers listen to RG3, and now RG3 is calling games on Saturday afternoons at (laughs) 3.30 for ESPN wearing fedoras. So that's, that's what happened to his career after the trainers listened to a player instead oh. of their own expertise. That's what happens. So now Like he's... that
2: domino meme. All right, moving on. Dance that or did that. Now you all got to look at the man in the fedora.
0: Yes, that's what happened. Uh, so uh, Virginia Tech is now, well, I mean, well, let's go back in time. Noon, ACC Network, what could go wrong? Virginia Tech is playing Boston College and Chestnut Hill. The line has gone back to, on ESPN bet, it's now Virginia Tech minus one. I'm seeing one and a half on FanDuel. Hokies are favored. Guys, we're held to this one. We have to make a pick. The time has come.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know, Mike's got to go, so I'm going to try and make this fast. Um, I
0: have another podcast tonight. This, yes. yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, I am, I am really torn on this one. I see reasons why Virginia Tech can win this game. I see why Virginia reasons why Virginia Tech is not going to win this game. If I was thinking logically, I'm going to pick Boston College. But you know what? I'm picking the Hokies. I'm going to give it one more. After all that, after everything we went through, one more chance at the optimistic side, right? Virginia Tech is facing a very average team. Virginia Tech can't be this bad on the road the entire season, right? They gotta get they gotta get one. They might get it at the end of the season against Rivier, but that's besides the point. I'm gonna go with the optimistic side of my brain. Give me Virginia Tech to win on the road and score wise twenty eight to twenty
0: three. Boom. After all that, after all we've been through this week, Ricky picks the hoax. Guys,
1: I'm trying. Look, I, I've been killed on this podcast for all five years, always oh, too negative. He doesn't like the program, yada, yada, yada. Forget it. I'm trying to be I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm turning over a new leaf. Give me the hoax. And I tell you what, if they lose, and I'll recap on Sunday, the kid's going to go off.
0: He should, as he should. Andrew, we're all going to go off if Virginia Tech uh. loses. Andrew.
2: So, yeah, I was a little bit negative on Sunday, but I've kind of come around. <laughs> uh, I think Virginia Tech wins the football game. <laughs> I don't after know all that, did. after all that, after all we've been well, no, through. I mean, <laughs> the, the argument that I proposed was that fans should not feel as good as they did prior to the Louisville game as they are after the Louisville game, as they did prior to the Louisville game, I a hundred percent stand by that. hundred percent. How could you feel the same? They got smoked. It was all the nightmares of the past encapsulated Boston college sucks. They barely beat Syracuse and Syracuse turned the ball over what? Like four times. They turned it over four times. In my heart of hearts, to exactly what Ricky's saying, I am incredibly nervous about this game. And I would in no way be surprised if Virginia Tech comes out of this one with a narrow L. But the margin of victory on the positive side does not matter. You need two wins. Get it in any way you can. Whether Don't care. It's a, whether it's a blowout Don't or care. a... John love all you need is love walk off field goal that doesn't matter the loss counts all the same too I think Virginia Tech comes out of this one winning by about a touchdown and if I'm wrong (laughs) well then Sunday will be fun with you guys I wouldn't
1: mind Virginia Tech scoring two late touchdowns and BC blowing a 13 nothing lead way funnier Uh, wait,
0: I mean, it it wouldn't be funny for us, like far less
2: consequential, but
0: (laughs) yeah, I mean, it it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be funny in the moment, but like 30,000 foot view way funnier, uh, guys, this isn't going to surprise you. Uh, I have talked about Boston college in the Louisville recap. I teased this in the basketball season preview. We did last night. I've talked about this tonight. Uh, this game is about It's all about Virginia tech. It's about what the Hokies can do offensively, what they do defensively against Thomas Castellanos. If Virginia Tech stops the quarterback run in this game, I think Boston College is going to have a hard time moving the ball. Really, that's all it boils down to for me. I would be very surprised if Boston College's running backs are what hurt Virginia Tech here. That would surprise me. They don't have home runs. We didn't really talk about this earlier, but they don't have home run speed. They're kind of different kind of running backs. They're very much between the tackles. This is a game where I think if Virginia Tech really has trouble stopping the run, I think it's because Castellanos kills him. That, that I think, is, is how this happens. Um, I think they stop him. I think it's hard for Boston College to score. I think they do get on the board, naturally, because they're at home, they're at home, and he is a dangerous quarterback, and I think they will move the ball a little bit. I think Virginia Tech's offense, it will be up and down because that's what it's been on the road. I think that'll continue. I think it'll be up and down. I think it'll be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a fun watch. At the end, I do think Virginia Tech wins this game. I'm with you guys. Five to seven points, right? Like around a touchdown. Anything more than that would be a surprise given Tech's issues on the road under Brent Pry. Uh, But I would be open to that, certainly. Uh, I would certainly be open to it. Win close, win by a lot. Andrew's Andrew hit the nail right on the head. Just win the football game. So give me the Hokies. Guys, uh, I got to go record another podcast. So good stuff tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, rate, review, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we've gotten a lot of great feedback this year. A lot of people following us. We thank everybody for listening. As always, please, 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 please review and rate the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen, really, really important that you do that for us. Uh, If there's one thing you do before you go to bed tonight or before you, you know, before you start work for the day, if you're listening to this before work or on the way to work, whatever, when you get to work, rate and review the podcast for the love of God. It really helps us out.
1: (laughs) For the love of God.
0: For the love of God. Just rate and review the podcast. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Boys, we'll talk Sunday. Uh, enjoy the game this weekend. If you're making the trip up to Chestnut Hill, enjoy the game. Hopefully you get decent weather up there. Uh, and hopefully we come out on the other side with a Virginia Tech dub and one game, one win closer to bowl eligibility. But boys we will talk Sunday. As always, go Hokies.